everyone. Thanks for coming back to another episode of my podcast. So this week I have an in-person guest. Oh my god. It's so weird. The last four weeks it's just been uh, over the phone. So it's really interesting talking in front of someone again. Um, So my guest this week is someone I met here in Calgary um, probably around two months ago. His name is Sean Irwin. So do you want to say hi to everyone and maybe introduce yourself? Hi guys, I'm Sean. Uh, I've known Erin a couple months now. She's a great gal. When I heard she had a podcast, I was super interested because I love going for walks and listening to podcasts. And uh, a little bit about me. I studied English literature and I studied marketing and now I work in marketing and uh, I just love books and movies and stuff like that. So Aaron and I have been talking all about uh, our favorites. We got like Harry Potter on the go these days. And yeah, that's a bit about me. Cool. <laughs> um, so I'm actually staying at Sean's place this week. And we're going to be celebrating New Year's Eve together. Mm. And while I'm here, we're actually having a Harry Potter marathon because, you know, you have to do it. <laughs> um, so I think this podcast, we're going to be talking a lot about um, Harry Potter and maybe other stuff, too, if it comes up in conversation. So, um, yeah. So my first question for you is, who is your favorite Harry Potter character? Favorite Harry Potter character has got to be Dumbledore, obviously, but obviously. because because he's everybody's favorite character, I have to scratch that and put my second favorite character, which I guess would be Alistair Moody, really? the real the real one. Really? Yeah. But why him? Why him? <laughs> because he's a top grade Auror. Or part of the original Order of the Phoenix, uh, accepted a job. Let's face it, he accepted a job at Hogwarts, <laughs> even though he never got to do it. Um, and he's got all these cool, this cool gear to do what he does best, which is staying vigilant, constantly vigilant. Okay, true enough, I guess. I would say that my favorite character would be Professor McGonagall just because she's so sarcastic and I also love her in um, the fifth book I don't know if you remember this but when um, Umbridge was there and he was like going against her and stuff and then she was like hey Potter you want a cookie (laughs) do you remember that part oh you know what I totally forgot about that part that that is that just shows you who she is though right yeah. so 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 sarcastic and so funny like even with the students she's still my favorite character like i don't care about the other people she's just my number one and i would hope that after um dumbledore dies that she would be um what's it called headmistress at hogwarts yeah, I think I think we all do. I think we all hope for that. Um, I haven't read The Cursed Child, so I don't know what happens and what doesn't happen, and whether or not we can accept that kind of thing, you know, <laughs> because 
There's some debate, right? There's some debate. Yeah, I gave Sean a little run-through yesterday of The Cursed Child, and yeah, I read it, I think, whenever it came out, two years ago at this point, I guess, and I hated it. I would probably still go see it in, like, as a play in New York or Toronto or wherever it's playing, just because it's Harry Potter, but other than that, I don't think that I would watch the movie just because it really sucked. Yep, right you are, right you are. I uh, I have mixed feelings about it, and I don't really feel interested enough to watch it. We also um, made a list two days ago of our favorite to least favorite Ooh. Harry Potter films, and I feel like we should talk about this. Absolutely, absolutely, because this is a very hard exercise. Every time I think I have an answer, I want to change it. Okay. Okay, you want to do yours first? You're, okay. you're the top one. So, gun to my head, I said the best movies in order are Order of the Phoenix, Deathly Hallows Part 2, Deathly Hallows Part 1, Chamber of Secrets, Goblet of Fire, The Philosopher's Stone, Prisoner of Azkaban, and Half-Blood Prince. But I just watched Half-Blood Prince, and it was honestly so lit, so I have to move that somewhere in the middle of the pack so here's Aaron's I just can't believe that Prisoner of Azkaban is the last for you <laughs> when me it's the first like that one is by far my favorite one so Prisoner of Azkaban Order of the Phoenix um, Deathly Hallows Part 2 Philosopher's Stone Deathly Hallows Part 1 Goblet of Fire Half-Blood Prince and then Chamber of Secrets Okay, you know, that's that's actually something I could agree with. Uh if you if you gave me a full essay breakdown on why, but I'll just I'll just accept that that's your opinion. But like I don't know why you put Azkaban as the last one because it's such a drastic change from the first two, like um director-wise and editing-wise that it's I just hate change. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, like, the first two films are super boring, okay? Mm -hmm. The only reason why I put Philosopher's Stone in the middle was because it's the introduction of every one of the characters of, you know, it's just so magical. Like, it makes you want to go down Diagon Alley, like, everything, right? Yeah. And Chamber of Secrets is the last for me because it's just... Maybe it's because I watched it so many times that it's just been, like, so boring and I dread watching it during marathons. But also because, like, I don't know. I just hate the villain. Mm. I hate Lockhart. <laughs> He's just really annoying to me. Um, I don't know. It's just really boring. That's all. That's what about What about if we don't talk movies and just talk books? Because two's definitely got a got a rank right up there, right? I've only read the books one time, and oh and it was I'm gonna say five years ago now. So because I've watched the movies so many times, the book details have been like have gone in and out. <laughs> so I don't really remember the books that much. I forgot other, so much. Yeah, other than when we're actually watching the movie, and I'm like, oh. 
this happened in the book or this was a lot different or like they should have put this in the movie but like other than that I can't really like judge the books right now because I just don't remember them enough to have an opinion on them yeah that's totally fair um I read the first three or four like lots of times like more than more than five times but gradually I moved on to reading other things as the releases got later and later and I've only read the seventh book once and probably same with the six so it's hard for me to, to really weigh in on the quality of those last three but um, the first four were I was just reading them back to back to back every year I'd have a, a ritual of reading them yeah, but I still have forgotten so much. I just find that there's so many good books and so many good TV shows out there oh, that yeah. it's hard to like re re read or rewatch just because I have so many on my list. Yeah, that it's just like no, I don't have the time to reread Harry yeah. Potter as much as I love it. Exactly, but... exactly. That's why I haven't done a whole reread of the whole series in probably fifteen years. <laughs> fifteen years. Um, and also another thing that we talked about yesterday after watching the Half-Blood Prince was how we wish that McGonagall would have been a much more prominent character in like the movies and the book series just because I don't remember the books that much but I'm pretty sure she's not in the order and like yeah we were talking about that she sure of heck should have belonged in there yeah so it's like it just seems weird not to add her in anything because we can tell from the first book slash movie that she trusts Dumbledore and that Dumbledore trusts her a lot a lot a lot and when we see in the following films how it seems that he trusts Snape more than McGonagall it just I wish that she would have been a part of him and Snape's like um, like talks and making decisions type thing because she would have been a great like um add to yeah. their to their like duo because like, yeah. like Snape was such a great double agent, but McGonagall would have been the best first lieutenant, you know, of of Dumbledore's army. I feel like. I kind of understand in a way because in the last book how Snape was like headmaster and stuff if McGonagall would have known I feel like maybe she wouldn't have like like stressed it enough like if she would have known Snape was a good guy and he was headmaster then she would have been too chill you know and then the students would be like why are you so chill like he's literally a bad guy he's a headmaster now you know so maybe that's maybe a reason why but I don't know. I can't. I can't think of any other reason why Rowling wouldn't have put like McGonagall at the top, or even at least added her in the order, and then like we see her like talking to Sirius and Ramus and what whoever else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I kind of misspoke when I said Dumbledore's army. Um, I just think of the Order of the Phoenix as Dumbledore's personal real army. Um. Mm-hmm. Like, she would have been such a great resistance leader, I think. Mm-hmm. And 
she would have brought a lot more discipline and conflict resolution because all the other members were always squabbling and stuff and that and that duty of conflict resolution i forget in the books but in the movies it fell to uh remus lupin who was like oh if we fight we'll destroy each other ourselves but i really think that should have been mcgonagall being like right you two outside yeah <laughs> settle this in fisticuffs and come right back inside yeah and plan out this battle plan yeah i agree i understand that it was like hard to trust people like which is why i feel like maybe they didn't invite the other teachers i can't think of his name mm. but the one who does like when god and love you so that teacher oh yeah yeah and like professor sprout and stuff like understand like why not them because you are putting your life at risk being in the order mm -hmm. but i feel like mcgonagall would have been like fuck oh. yeah let's go let's go yeah. kill some people you i know? mean she was there on the night of the murder getting harry to the dursleys exactly so she she should have been there for every battle i think yeah every step of the way but uh yeah i mean one of the books that that has been capturing me and stopping me from a uh, Harry Potter reread is Dune. Have you read Dune by Frank Herbert? No. Okay. I feel obligated to I feel obligated to bring you into the fold of <laughs> Dune fans. Okay. <laughs> Let me try and sell you Dune. Let me okay. sell you on Dune. Okay. Um So picture a a centuries old plot to create a super being using you know manipulation to breed people like their animals and each each generation brings on the traits brings out the traits that you want traits that you want until like 300 years later uh you find yourself face to face with uh somebody from a noble house because noble houses are back even though it's in space and it's, you're there 10,000 and democracy has been gone the way of the dogs and feudalism is back and there are lords and there are, and there's the church and there's and there's uh this this thing called the spacing guild and they make and they make tons of money by controlling space travel through a monopoly on something called the spice the spice is something that allows you to see the future if you train the right way and if you see the future, then you know how to steer a spaceship and not crash when you're going super fast. Okay. So this super being is supposed to give you some power so that you can upset this uh, this balance of power, and it can it can open new doors for you if you're that organization, right? So just but just imagine being born and you're the result. You're you're the dude who is supposed to become the super being what do you do how do you find that out well a bunch of people try to kill you in a centuries old vendetta and all of a sudden you're just thrown into this you're just thrown into the desert and it's do or die it's do or die okay you got to discover your psychic powers and you gotta rally a bunch of desert people to become your own personal army so that you can uh, either die or take over. 
because those are your only options. So there's this, there's there's psychic powers, there's martial arts, there's uh, there's drugs, <laughs> the drugs that allow you to see the future, or there are other drugs that allow you to do really fast mental computations and stuff. There's space travel, but because of uh, because of this technology of shielding, like force fields and stuff. Um, they have a weird reaction with laser weapons. Everybody has laser weapons, but shields um, kind of result in this H-bomb size explosion. So anybody who shoots a shield with a laser gets uh, blown up, like like atomic level, atomic level explosion. And so to get around this, uh, this shield, the thing is, the shield lets things that go slowly through it that are not energy weapons. So knife fighting and sword fighting are back in the future in space. So it's like, it's got swashbuckling, aside from all that other stuff I mentioned, it's got swashbuckling knife fights and sword fights. Wow, that sounds complicated. <laughs> it actually is so complicated. It's such a complicated book. It's a complicated read, um, but it's super rewarding. I uh, I had to read it twice, and only on the second time did I feel like I really got everything. Wow. Um, while you've been reading that, I've been reading the Twilight series, <laughs> which is... A lot less complicated than that. Two people falling in love. One's a vampire, one's a human. <laughs> but it's still very good. I'm on New Moon right now. Edward left. Have you watched the Twilight series? Okay, so I haven't read the book of Twilight, but I watched the movies. And I can't, I can't really hate on the movies because I feel like the movies actually did a good job of what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Not so much the last four but the first one like twilight the movie i thought that actually captured like teen angst so well and it captured like what it's like to be young over many decades like the the cullens are all from a different decade mm-hmm. uh you know there's the kid from the 80s or the kid from the 1880s there's the kid from the 1920s and stuff mm-hmm. like that um yeah yeah i thought that was i thought that was a a actual genuine romance that i one of the few genuine romances i saw on screen too because they were actually dating and you could really tell it like really it really brought their their performances together i think Mm -hmm. um yeah and and the vampires themselves uh i i like that take i like that take just seeing them like fight see them see their heads crack like glass but not break Mm -hmm. that was kind of cool well i don't know if you would like reading it because it's not like action or anything like that it's literally like love story the whole book like the whole first book is them falling in love and obviously it's better than the movie because it's the book but (laughs) like for real but the movie, I feel like you don't actually see them like actually falling madly in love with each other, while in the book you do, and it's honestly like really sweet. 
Um, literally in the book, the last two chapters is the action because it's in Bella's like, um, like narration, like she's like saying the story. So you don't see anything in the background, you know, like when the other vampires come in, you see that in the movie, in the book, you don't. So literally the only time you hear about them is in the last two chapters. So Example, the book is 30 chapters, 28 chapters is them falling in love, the last two is actual action. So I don't know if you would like it in that like standpoint because it's just love. Okay, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I think even in a love story, the love story has to be a kind of a subplot for a greater overall conflict. There's, yeah. there's got to be... And I think the movie really captured that. Yeah. It yeah. was trying to fit in. The movie was about trying to fit in. And she found a guy who was everything she was looking for. And instead of fitting in, he fit in with her. He fit into her world finally. So it was kind of layered that way. She, she found that she didn't need anyone else once she found him. And that, that was what was cool about the movie. Also, the action scenes. Yeah. Cool, cool hand-to-hand combat mm-hmm. in a ballet studio. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm trying to see that. <laughs> um, what else? What else? What else? I don't know. It, it just had this cool aesthetic. I, I don't know what happened to the first director. But when the other movies came... Um, it looked like they went for more big budget, like epic CGI greatness. But I feel like they lost something from the original. And I like to, I like to assign the words to it that don't quite capture it, but kind of point in the direction. Post-punk romanticism. And that's like, that's like from the, po- refers to post-punk genre, like of music, because that's, one of my favorite music genres um uh the the cure uh like is the best example of post-punk um turning turning that that punk attitude inward and being like the enemy is inside the the struggle is inside Mm -hmm. inside me and i think yeah i think romanticism comes in there too um by by making the vampires kind of just this this like perfect ideal um, congregation of f- forces that we don't quite understand to make some kind of perfect being like like the dune thing the super being and taking both of those things and those concepts and putting them together that was that was cool that was what I liked about the first Twilight movie and I'm guessing it sounds it sounds like that's not in the book. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's not in the book. Um, I feel like it's still worth a read because I don't know. Like I'm like a sucker for love and like romantic shit. So actually, like reading Bella falling in love with Edward is just really like just cute you know like oh i wish i could find someone like that you know but um yeah but back on the harry potter topic 
I am a Hufflepuff, and you took the test yesterday to see what house you were in. The actual test from, like, Pottermore, the Wizarding World one, not just some, like, cheesy BuzzFeed one. So do you want to tell everyone what house you're in? Yeah, okay. So I've taken a lot of cheesy, cheap ones that, <laughs> that don't really know what they're doing, and I've gotten every house. I've gotten all four houses taking various cheap ones. But I took the legit Pottermore one, and I made Gryffindor. So I'm 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 pretty pleased with that. I like I like that house the best. Um, I like the sword the best. That's the only house with a freaking sword, okay? And <laughs> I think we already established I like sword fighting. So give me Godric Gryffindor's sword any day of the week. I'll use it responsibly. Um, but yeah, the, the description of it was kind of, kind of like page one stuff. It's like, yeah, you're in Gryffindor. So you're in the same house as Albus Dumbledore and Harry Potter. And I'm like, wow, is this it? I kind of wished for more. Like I wished there was more like backstory, like name some famous Gryffindors that never even mentioned or never even mentioned in the book and tell me why they're famous. Tell me about Godric Hollow, Godric's Hollow. You know, tell me about, tell me about the epic tales of, of, when Gryffindor himself founded the school and founded the house. Tell me about those conflicts. Um, but maybe that all that stuff is in there. I just haven't explored Pottermore that much. So I don't know. What? Where do you recommend going from here? Um, honestly, I don't know. When I found out that I was Hufflepuff, I literally just Googled it and seen, like, what characteristics I fit in and all, like, the famous Hufflepuff people. Um, I'm just going to say that one thing I didn't like about the books slash movies is that it concentrated too much on Gryffindor and Slytherin. Like, it was Harry Potter, Hermione, Ron, which I understand it's fucking called Harry Potter, Okay. I understand that, um, but I wish that we would have explored more Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff and seen more characters and, like, I guess you do see a couple characters, like Hufflepuff, you see um, Cedric Diggory, and then Ravenclaw, you see uh, Cho and uh, Luna and stuff, but you don't really explore the house in itself. Like, I wish we would have seen, like, their common rooms like their drama outside of Harry Potter. That's why I kind of want a Harry Potter series. So like one season is one book. And then you get not just Harry, Ron, and Hermione doing like whatever they're doing, but also secondary characters where like you see other people fall in love. You see like this person cheated on this person. You see like them exploring sex and drugs and um, just like a world outside of Harry Potter because it exists. Like, it's not just Harry, Hermione, and Ron, you know? So it would be cool to, for them to do a TV show. Even if it's not like Harry, maybe it's like 10 years after um, they leave Hogwarts and you just see like a new generation entering, you know? That has nothing to do with Voldemort. That has nothing to do with Harry. And it's just like yeah, new, just... new bad guys, new like drama and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, just make, just make a soap then after that make 
an epic show after you make a soap opera about the founding. Like I always thought, you know, you could have several different genres in there. In uh, in English, uh, we learned about the distinctions between genre. So there's a there's the epic. The epic is like the founding of a nation, and the character is usually a king of some kind. And then below that, there's there's something called romance. And we usually think of romance as love story, but it's not necessarily love story. Romances have love stories in them. Romance has to do with like not the founding of nations, but the rooting out of uh, evil inside of an established nation. So at the end of a romance, um, you won't have a new country. So that's what distinguishes it from uh, from uh, an epic. And ben below that is a chronicle. So you might not root out uh, the heart of evil in your kingdom, but some chess pieces will have changed, will have moved around, will have shifted. Some power power dynamics will have changed. And then below that, there's something else I can't quite remember. And then below that, there's something called lyric. So lyric poetry is basically what became songs. So when you say, oh, what are the lyrics? Let's listen to, read the lyrics. That's, uh, you're looking at the lowest genre according to the old standard of judging. But I think I think all of them are good in their own way, and we don't have to we don't have to um, have only high class people listening to epics. We don't have to have basically college educated people listening to romance or reading romance, and we don't have to have like low quality people, whatever or whatever, listening to lyrics only, because back in the day. They kind of enforced that. They were like, oh, you're a low-class person. You can't listen to an epic. And that's, that's kind of one of the weird class control systems mm -hmm. that existed in, in English culture that bled into English literature. Interesting. So what do you think of Fantastic Beasts? Because when that came out, I was super excited because, you know, it's the continuation of a great series like a prequel and uh when i watched the first movie in theater i absolutely loved it i was like oh my god i like this new take it's during dumbledore's era you know um new bad guy new main character new like um what's it called like it's in uh like the states not in england so it's like different terms and stuff like that and when I when the second movie came out, I unfortunately couldn't watch it in theater, but I watched it at home and I didn't like it <laughs> because I thought it was just really boring and slow and it took me, I think, three days to watch it because I watched the first half hour and then I was like, okay, this is boring and then I went and did something else and then I rewatched it and I was like, uh, okay, no, I'm still not ready to finish it and then, <laughs> so what did you think of the series? So you liked, just to recap, you liked the first one, but then the second one, you just couldn't get into it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, for me, yeah, I loved the first one. Um, I thought that was so cool to do a period piece uh, in the 20s with, you know, young, young, young Albus, young everybody. Yeah. 
and to see Grindelwald as a main villain that was super cool because I was like always wondering about Grindelwald and Dumbledore you know because that's ancient history by the time by the time uh, by the time Harry's in Hogwarts right so that was so cool one thing a couple things I didn't like um, it being in it being in the states them calling muggles no madges yeah. uh see i thought i thought that was really interesting because you get to see different cultures in the magic world i thought that was too but do english people honestly think north americans just just come up with weird dumb contractions of yeah. of things like like it's true we don't have a whimsical word like muggle yeah. over here but you know we, we we don't just we don't just do contractions to make a clumsy awkward clunky word um yeah i would have called them i would have called them something else not a no match <laughs> i would have done a little more brainstorming um as for being in the states as well missed opportunity i think was salem witches academy it was referred to in the books and we never saw salem's witches salem's witch academy and why isn't there a tv show about being a high school girl in salem witches academy like come on these are the stories these are the stories we need we need to flesh out these genres in the harry potter world harry potter itself is a romance genre right because you're rooting out the evil and by the end i guess you could say it's epic because you're kind of you're kind of shuffling the world order of wizard of the wizarding world but then we need we need like you were saying a soap we need a soap opera at hogwarts and we need another one i think we need at salem and i think we need <laughs> i think we need an epic um kind of like lord of the rings as the silmarillion um which is describes the the forming of the world and the elves and coming together and the, the story of how men and elves fought together in the past stuff like that the, we need a harry potter silmarillion um i think pottermore attempted to do that a bit and uh i don't i don't think enough information is in there i think we need more and until i get like my until i get my story about how godric gryffindor may have may or may not have dueled Salazar Slytherin like I'm, I don't feel Harry Potter is complete I just feel as though they are missing so many opportunities I understand when they were doing Harry Potter and they were really busy with that okay because everyone wants Harry Potter and they're busy with filming and writing whatever after Harry Potter how long did it take for them to make Fantastic Beast? Because Harry Potter came out, what, Long. the last movie, 2011, maybe, which was nine years ago, and Fantastic Beasts came out, like, three years ago. So they had, like, six years of nothingness. I understand that, like, they have um, uh, their thing at Disney World and stuff like that. They're making so much money. They are literally making billions of dollars. J.K. Rowling was the first author to make over a billion dollars. They can make so much more money. Okay, 
like you said, they can do a TV show about this and this and this and this. They can do this and this and this and this. Like, what are they waiting for? Even just in Calgary, when they make, um, like, just a small event in regards to Harry Potter, it's sold out in two days because people love Harry Potter. Like, it's... I think it was Twilight where the least made movie in Harry Potter, which I think was Prisoner of Azkaban, made more money than the most making Twilight movie, which was Breaking Dawn Part 2. So, and I think it was by a lot. I think it was by like $200 million. So the most grossing Twilight movie was still less grossing than the least Harry Potter grossing movie. Ah. Isn't that fucking crazy? That is interesting. But did you know it's actually reversed for the books? Because the books uh, outsold Harry Potter. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. No. Yeah. So, um, actually, J.K. Rowling's on record as saying one time that uh, I think she was being quite sarcastic, too. She was like, if only Harry had been more creative with his wand, I would have sold a lot more books. (laughs) No. <laughs> you know, 50, 50, 50 shades of Lumos. <laughs> Are you down for that? Oh my god. I mean, there's so many like Harry Potter fan fictions that's super popular too. So. Oh yeah, I was I was knee deep. I was trawling through the I was trawling through the forums looking for Harry Potter fanfics. But you know, at at some point you get tired of hearing every single ship and reading reading a chance encounter in the in the bathroom with so and so and so and so yeah honestly i love the draco and harry fan fiction it's just like i told sean this yesterday (laughs) as well or two days ago that i wish there was more gay characters because you see so many children and the odds of them like not having one gay person in their group just seems so not oh, real yeah tiny tiny like yeah. the like what are the odds right now i think it's one in three people are gay now that they calculated like worldwide so i just feel like in between harry ron and hermione one of them would have been gay <laughs> and it would have been cool to see one of them gay right like example harry yeah. and hermione ended yeah. up together and ron ended up being gay and like dates draco or something yeah. because draco is such like a bad boy like no one likes him and one of the golden trio. Imagine the like, bro fight that would happen if yeah. Ron and Draco had an affair and Harry found out. He'd be like, dude, that's my enemy. Yeah, exactly. Like this is. Like and a- then Ron would be like, hey, it's not such a bad guy. Yeah, like imagine them making like a new TV show like 2020. Um, Harry, Ron, and Hermione. And they explore that, you know? They explore sex. They explore sexuality. They explore drugs. They explore just not just harry wanting to beat voldemort because think of it all those secondary characters were still at hogwarts doing their own thing so what did we miss out on just by following harry i know i know i know (laughs) and and that's one thing that pains me so much about watching the movies is you miss the day to day in the books they really capture the day to day you can you can get a slice of life on some chapters just 
oh man, gotta study for this test. Oh boy, and there's some classroom drama interfering with me getting my assignment done, and that is that is slice of life that I need, and it reminds me so much of being in school myself. Since no one else has taken the opportunity, maybe you and I should write um, screenplays for like a first season Hogwarts <laughs> soap opera and just like do like have a board, write all the characters we want, write like what we want to see in the series and then just write it. Imagine we just go to LA and we give this to someone. We would literally make so much money because everyone loves Harry Potter. Yeah. Like, oh. Okay. Netflix original Harry Potter <laughs> soap opera. And then they love it so much that they're like, okay, you guys, how about you come write the second season as well? And then we're like, oh, you want us back? Like, how about you give us like five million bucks, you know? Oh, okay. Okay. This is happening. <laughs> This is happening. If it's not, if, if somebody doesn't do something right, you got to do it yourself. Exactly, exactly. Oh, I just, yes, we're going to do it. It's it's final decision. We're doing it. Um, okay, so we are at 42 minutes right now. So maybe let's do one more question and then our final thoughts. All right. One more question. Do you have a question for me? Okay, what's one thing in the wizarding world that you would bring here with you that you can have? Like an item, I mean. Uh, not not like magic. Like, obviously we would all want magic, but like one item from the whole series that you would like have as real in your hand right now. Okay, sorry. To clarify, it can't be a magical object that's magic. It has to be like a movie prop. No, 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 no. Like, you can't just bring like, oh, I wish I had um, Hermione or I wish I had magic. Like, it has to be an object. It can have magic in it, okay. but not just like, oh, I wish I can have magic okay. because it's too like broad, you know? Okay. Um, that's a pretty quick answer for me. Uh, I want a firebolt broomstick. Oh, that's actually good. I didn't actually think of that. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, wand, cool. Gryffindor's sword, awesome. Said I wanted it earlier, but I could get around so fast. I could, I could, I could get around anywhere I want in the city. Never, never be in another traffic jam. I'd never need a bike ever again. I could fly. Like the list goes on. That's how you travel in style. Firebolt broomstick. That's a great item to have. Yeah. Okay, so can it can I plug something then? Cause cause usually you got you get a, a spot to plug something on a podcast. Yes. Okay, okay. So I'm gonna plug Dune by Frank Herbert because I don't think I successfully uh swayed Aaron to read it yet, but I am going to work on her more and before you know it, this is gonna become a Dune podcast. We're taking over. The spice must flow. The spice must that's a line from the book okay okay um yeah guys go if if you like harry potter go read that book i if do you have the books i do i do okay if you want to lend them to me i will actually read them all right all right we got her (laughs) all right well aaron thank you so much for having me on your podcast 
as I said, I love podcasts. I feel like I'm an important person somehow <laughs> by being on a podcast now. So thank you for giving me that boost to my self-esteem. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna read some Dune. I'm gonna read some Harry Potter. I'm gonna write a Harry Potter TV show with you. And oh, I'm uh, literally so excited to explore this. Like you have no idea. Yeah. So you know, keep keep tuned, everyone. Like big things are coming. Oh yes, 100%. And we're also finishing off our Harry Potter marathon tonight. We're going to be watching the two Deathly Hollow movies. And then I'm also going to be posting a TikTok because I've been filming stuff. So uh, yeah. And I just wanted to thank you for doing this with me, taking the time and talking about Harry Potter. Um, and yeah, I will let everyone know my thoughts on Dune. And once again wait for our soap opera screenplay <laughs> if you want to follow sean on instagram his instagram is k-i-p-h-4 c-k-m-a-n and um i hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and i hope you guys will check out my other stuff bye